our guest today speaks right to the area that was a part of my journey, which is emotional healing. Emotional healing brings light to the real trauma that lies beneath the surface of our trauma that's embedded and covered up in anger, hurt, pain, and unforgiveness so that we can yield to a place of surrender. Today, I will have the privilege of having a conversation with Laverne Kimbrough, the founder of Lost to Love. I was a receiver of the blessing that God had waiting for me through the emotional healing that she dedicates her time that was birthed from her own repeated losses. I know personally through my own journey of healing how serious she takes this for the women she helps. Without further delay, let's meet Laverne. Hello, Laverne. How are you today? I am wonderful, and it is good to see a smiling face, girl. Thank you. Thank you here for you. I love it. I want to thank you for also uh, joining me this time of morning. Well, I'm an early riser, so this I, isn't that early for me. I know it. I know it's not. But I wanted to do it in the morning because I know you are a morning girl. Yes, I am a morning person. So I want to um, just give you a moment if you want to. Um, first of all, ladies, this is Laverne Kimbrough, and I am definitely excited that you are here with me. I mean that from a most deep place that I can possibly say it because you have been a part of my actual journey. You had a, a strategic part in that. So I want to thank you for gracing us with your presence on today. Thank you. All well, right. <laughs> well, let me say this. So you have an actual ministry that reference to women being healed. And I'm going to let you talk about that. But before we go there, can you tell us, the ladies, what does emotional healing mean? Emotional healing. Basically, our emotions, negative emotions, sits on our soul, mm. which is our mind, our will, and our emotion. Because of the trauma that we have experienced in our lives. Because everybody experienced some type of trauma. For example, a loss that mm. is very intimate or hard can be trauma. And so you have these negative emotions sitting on your soul. It could be depression. It could be grief. It could be anger. It could even be shame. Mm -hmm. So a lot of negative emotion. And so in emotional healing, we have to process those negative emotions because what's up under those negative emotions are healthy emotions. Mm. The love, um, the happiness, the joy, the creativity. But because of trauma, because of loss and anger and a lot of different things, grief, those healthy emotions are just sitting dormant. Mm. 
I'm not saying this for everybody, but I'm trying to give a clear picture of emotional healing. And so those negative emotions have to be processed through a myriad of experiential um, exercises, uh, having encounters with the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit, having healthy communities, uh, because you're usually walking with other women that are in that same space. And so as these women come together in these healing care groups, they are sharing their experiences. And often there are those in the group that have similar experiences. And so it's triggering those negative emotions. And so one, they realize I'm not alone, mm-hmm. which people think that they are alone, that their hurt is unique, is unique to them, but it's not unique to everybody else. I.e., for example, um, the Me Too movement mm-hmm. that went forth. Women all over the world, you know, abused, sexually raped, trauma. And so women started speaking about their trauma. And it was very specific because it was from men who were in power and who had silenced them. And so when they started speaking and other women started hearing that, all these negative emotions that were sitting on the good started to be processed because we are in healthy communities. Mm. And so once that started happening, it gave power to their voice, Mm. it gave healing to their negative emotions, so that the good can happen. And, you know, I mentioned creativity because from that, there started to become movements of healing all over because people started hearing their own voice of hurt in others. So I know you asked me this basic question. This is good. I always try to give a picture to, to help um to help you know the women who are listening uh because emotions they they're difficult and if they don't go if they go unprocessed it 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 just pushes all the good emotions down so um that's what we have to do we have to process because if we think about it let me just give you a uh example anger is often a surface emotion and Hmm. don't realize that they think it's deep but it's covering the good that's good i don't know if i answered your question no you did and i'm hearing everyone don't think i'm zoned out i because i have a comeback question for you that you kind of answered but i want to but I want you to go deeper into it, but I'm going to say this part first. Okay. You talked about the me too movement and women that were pretty much there's abuse, there's trauma from uh, sexual mishandling and uh, for many different reasons. 
Yes. It could be for what a woman thought she had to do in order to make it to the next level because she was uh, suppressed in certain areas or oppressed. Right. So even thinking about I have a different type of trauma, yet the same trauma when it came to being sexually violated as a young five year old and then raped as a 14 year old. And then to have those layers of your life to have to be you're trying to navigate life in a space to try to understand what is my purpose, all while trying to understand who is God in the same way, because now you've become aware of these different things that have happened to you. And there's healing that needs to take place in that, which brings me to the next question. And you kind of, you touched on it a lot, but I'd like you to go detail. And that is why should we go through emotional healing and what should one expect from it? Well, number one, we should go through it to really understand our true self Mm -hmm. because Trauma is is a most is an emotional response to a terrible or negative event, and it alters who we are. It, it alters who we believe we are. It it alters in the sense because you say, God, were you there? And, and so we get off course in, in terms of our purpose that God has called us to. And then this is this is key. We start believing lies regarding ourselves because of the negative trauma that happens or happened to us. And it could be multiple traumas because you already mentioned two, right? Yeah. And so trauma, and this is so key, because this is a lie and I'm a, and I'm going to say it trauma is not what happened to you those initial two things i'm not trying to be harsh but trauma is what remains in you because that event happened it's gone but we carrying it it's almost like a woman she gives birth Hallelujah. But if that afterbirth don't come out, it can be toxic. And so then that's why I say it's not what happened to you. Yes, that was an incident, but really the trauma stays with us if we don't process those emotions, events. And that's why it can be hard and traumatic because we have to go back to that place of trauma to process, to come out of it. Oh my goodness. That is so good. And you use the, okay, so we gonna go here too. You use the afterbirth not coming out. I remember giving birth to my daughter. I remember this very well. And I had a very hard uh, pregnancy for the first, oh, we want to say six, seven months, seven months, actually. I only had relief for like two months, right? <laughs> and then once I had her, they because they thought I was having twins, I was that, she, I mean, I was that big. And so the regarding stomach wise, but the thing that I'm saying is they said the, and this women and whoever, this is not to be too graphic, but the afterbirth was the largest that they had ever seen. I was, I felt like I was pressing through another baby 
bringing forth. So the trauma of that, I remember saying, I never want any more kids. <laughs> like, I remember that being hard for me. So I can even see that. And then you talked about the different types of, you were talking about like different types of trauma. There are traumas that can happen to someone in their life and it can affect two different people. They both can be in the same situation. It affects one person one way where it just, it just rolls off their shoulder. The other person, it can affect them in a way where they're carrying that trauma for life almost seems like a life sentence for them. So trauma, you're so right. Trauma affects everyone in a different way. And then we have to be, which I had to learn. And I learned some of this, honestly, I, you, you know, this, you, um, cause we've all talked about this. I've learned some of how to be more sensitive to others in their situations just by being in emotional healing when I was in the group or the program with you. So I, I, that is important that we take a moment and say, listen, what may affect me one way doesn't affect another person the same way and give grace to them yeah. because it's, it's around, it's ironic to me how we forget. And I'm speaking from a place of, I was that person. So when I say we forget, I'm talking about me before God had to come in and deliver me from so many things. And I had that place where I felt like, get over it. What is the problem? Because I am that person that it can happen and it kind of just rolls off of me. But I didn't have the grace that God had been giving me for my harshness. I didn't have the grace for somebody else in an area that was a struggle for them. So we have to be mindful to give grace to yes. others. And remember, our journey is different. Yes. So everybody, everybody is different. They yes. So Laverne. <laughs> okay. I asked God this question. I was praying and I said, Lord, I do not know what it is or how I am to interview Laverne. How do I interview someone? like Laverne that is opening up an entrance for women to find healing in their lives. And when I say he gave it to me so clear, so clear, he said, start with how she got there. I said, now we going too far. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, but praise God. I did. I said, Lord, thank you. Because had I not asked the question to you, I wouldn't have known. I would have entered into this with all the questions that I had, but he gave me a different way. And so if I may, you lost your father at the age of 11. You mentioned how this disrupted your world and your understanding of God, which sent you on an unhealthy and sinful lifestyle. So if I may, um, can I read what you stated completely, if that's okay? Sure. Okay. And you can tell me no now. Listen, uh, we don't hear authentic and vulnerable. You can tell me no. <laughs> okay. So well, the truth set people free. So you go ahead and speak truth. That's right. So, and I have definitely learned that. So I have to go. So I'm reading what you stated. I have to go to my family origin of origin. I am the only daughter and youngest of five children. At 11 years old, my father died 
and it disrupted my world and my understanding of God. I hated him for what happened. And it sent me in a on a roll of unhealthy and sinful living. These crises, these crises and other things sent me towards Christ 15 years later. I endured a lot of loss, which led me to seeking after healing for myself and realizing in my journey for others coming up, my voice was silent due to me being the youngest. But as time progressed in my life, I wanted to be a voice for the brokenhearted because I knew how that felt. I went through a divorce, very humbling, and then my best friend and husband died. I was in a dark place for a while. That is how the ministry of lost to love and the journey of healing began. I love helping women to emotionally and spiritually be emotionally and spiritually strong. And that the way to that is to be vulnerable and authentic in their pain. I'm going to leave you to your own opening for that. Cause I can go all types of ways. Wow. That was a lot. And yes. I could feel it emotionally as you were reading uh, the different emotions. And I want to start with this. Uh, when trauma is unresolved in our lives, it comes out in various ugly ways. Mm. For me, and this is one of them. It came out in addictive behavior. Because as 11 years old, I didn't know how to process. I just knew that my father, who I loved, who was my superhero, who was my protector, who was everything to me, was gone. And so at 11, I couldn't process that because I had asked God repeatedly, praying to him, don't let my father die. So as a child, if we ask God for something, we believe it. Yeah. So when that happened, I cussed God out and I walked away. Now, at 11, I wasn't saved, but I had a healthy outlook on God because our family went to church. So it was a good experience. So what I did, I developed addictive behaviors. I was depressed. Um, my self-worth was very, very low. Nobody heard my voice. Because everybody in my family, and I didn't realize this, was grieving in their own way. Mm -hmm. And so what I did, I started doing things like drinking, doing drugs, because that made me feel good. It suppressed the anger. It suppressed the depression, it suppressed the anxiety, all those things. And I did that 
15 years. And the thing about it was, I finally got to a point in my life in understanding that with all the things that I was doing out in the world, and from the world standpoint, it was good. Money, traveling, clothes, unhealthy relationships, promiscuity. But I finally got to the point when I came to the end of the weekend, and I would think that I would have a great weekend, Eleanor, you know, party and everything. But I got to that Sunday evening, and I would go down into depression again. And for me, it didn't make sense. It didn't equal. And I said, something is wrong. Because I finally said to myself, I'm not happy. Why am I not happy with all the things that I'm putting into my system and my mind and all the things I'm engaging in? And I get to Sunday evening, and I'm not happy. And that's when, unbeknownst to me, God was drawing me. He could have been drawing me a long time ago because, you know, we don't seek after God. God calls us. Yes. It's already predetermined. It's already foreknown mm-hmm. because he knew us when we was in our mama's womb. Right? Yes. And that's collectively. And even in Jeremiah, Chapter one, he said, Jeremiah, I knew you. So he know us specifically. So I finally turned. It's almost like I love this analogy. Back in the day, we used to play on the playground, me and my brother. The playground was two, two blocks away from our house. And my mama, you know, you know, we had to be home when the streetlights come on. Yes, we did, or there was a butt whooping coming. That's right. Without question. Absolutely. And sometimes when them in the city, we lived on the group on the east side, them street lights, you can hear them buzzing before they actually come on, right? They don't know nothing about that today. They don't know, they nothing, don't know about nothing about that today. But we plan, we plan on the playground. We're not paying attention. And then all of a sudden I heard this buzzing. I was like, oh, my God. And then after that, I could hear my mother say, Laverne, Laverne. We turned around and we started hightailing at home. That's just like God. He calls us. And what is the response? Lord, I'm coming to you. And so that's what happened in my mid-20s. I realized that the life that I was living was not life. I was just stuffing it with all this unhealthiness. And so I was having a conversation with Jesus on the way back from a party. He was sitting in the car and we were talking and I kept telling him, but I don't wanna leave this life. Laverne, that's not life. I finally got home and fell on my knees and I confessed the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. I asked him to save me, to love me, to change me and come into my life because mm-hmm. I was tired of the life that I was living. Mm-hmm. 
and I felt something fall off my back. I literally turned around. It wasn't something I could see. And in that moment, I didn't realize it until two weeks later, but in that moment, because justification happened to me, adoption happened to me, you know, all those ingredients of salvation happened mm -hmm. in an instant. But he also delivered me from smoking. I used to smoke a pack a day. He delivered me from drinking. He delivered me from drugging. He delivered me from sexual um, promiscuity. And I didn't realize that I had that deliverance. Because everybody don't get it. But that's how God did it with me. And mm -hmm. two weeks later, I realized, I said, all I want to do is tell people about this man named Jesus. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. That is so, you know. It, it's just, it was just so transformative. And so all those negative emotions that were sitting on my soul, boom. And then all the good start coming up. Love. Real love. True love. God's love. Unconditional love. Compassion, like you saying, grace. Yes. They came forth, but only through the transformation of our loving Father. Mm. I love it. Oh my, I think it would be very fitting right now in this interim if you would just say to the ladies, and let me first say why I want you to say what, tell what I'm getting ready to ask you to tell. I want you to state what I'm getting ready to ask you, not for accolades, but so that people will understand God doesn't just stop at one place. He pulls us all the way full throttle into a thing so that he can say, and here's where I'm going to give you what you need also so that you can do the continuous work of what I called you for. What is your actual, what are you licensed in? I'm a limited licensed psychologist. Therapy. And your purpose? My purpose? <laughs> I, I consider myself this one of my mentors who helped me because, you know, you have, we have multiple, I shouldn't say, I have multiple uh, losses, you know, because I talked about my father's loss, right? him dying at an early mm -hmm. age. But then my late husband and best friend, he he died. And that sent me into a darkness. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't understand it, you know, initially. Because we were doing we believe God's work, great ministry, marriage ministry, uh, all kinds of things. But that's how loss to love was birthed through the loss of my husband. Yes. So when I said loss to love, I remember I was sitting in a chair at home. This was about three months after, three to four months after my husband passed. Mm-hmm. And I was journaling, talking to God, crying, writing. And all of a sudden, it was three words that seemed like they fell from the sky into my soul, lost to love. And I wrote them in my journal. 
And I looked at God, you know, you know how you look at him. I said, what is this? He didn't say nothing. So I said, well, you'll tell me when you get ready. And Lost to Love Ministry came forth. And it was about helping people to heal, helping the brokenhearted, setting people free from their grief and loss because that grief was so deep in me. And Mm. so I started walking in that ministry with a good friend of mine. I wasn't healed from that. And so God was healing me as I was helping others. And sometimes it works like that. (laughs) And and so my husband, he transitioned in 06. I didn't get complete healing from that hurt into 2011. Mm. And so I was searching for a healing model that was more central than far left or far right, if you understand what I'm saying. Yes, I do. More than you know. So (laughs) I believed I found it. And two of my good friends, we went up to Ashland, Ohio for this uh, conference. And I met Terry Wardle. If any books by Terry Wardle, read them if you are hurting. Wounded. Wounded. It's it's a lot of them, right? And out of 140 people in this conference from all over the world, God chose me. One of the intercessors came up to me and said, Laverne, because you know you have your badge on, Terry wants to do a demonstration with you. And I'm like, what? You know, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I said, what? And I said, well, let me go back and pray about it because, you know, we were there for four days. And she said, okay, pray about it. She said, but I want to tell you, as we were praying, they had about 12 intercessors for this conference. Your name was the one that came up. And I'm saying, these people don't know me. Hmm. And so when I went back to, uh, where we were staying, we were staying in this uh, student housing apartment, me and my two good friends. And one of my friends had a gifting as a perceiver. Mm. And she came to me that night and she said, Laverne, that's God and you need to do it. And I just looked at her and I said, okay. And that next day, Terry Wardle took me through inner healing, emotional healing in front of all these people. Mm. And I'm telling you, I I know we don't have five hours, but let me just give you the short version of it. The dam broke in my soul. Hmm. Because I could see, because my eyes was closed, I, I saw a figure that I assumed was my figure of what Christ looked like in this space. And in front of me was like one, two, three, four, five, six caskets. Mm. And they were all open. And it was 
those that were in the casket with those who I had lost over those years, over the years that were very close to me. All of them was family members and all of them were men. And I'm telling you, I was traumatized. Wow. But then it was like the Lord put his hand up and I looked up and all the caskets were gone. They wasn't in front of me and they wasn't open. They were gone. And I turned around and I looked behind me and all the caskets were behind me and they were closed. And I took that as God was saying to me, Laverne, your grief is behind you now. I got you. And when I, when I, this demonstration took like 45 minutes and I didn't realize it. I thought it was like 10. And my friend was recording the whole demonstration. Mm. I could hear when I was in this safe place, so you know what safe place is. We go to the safe place, make sure that we sense the presence of God. I was in my safe place. I could hear people that were there in the conference room. I couldn't see them, but I heard people weeping, weeping. And I didn't understand it at first. And so Terry Water brought me back out of my safe place. And I'm telling mm -hmm. you, it was the same experience what I shared in the beginning of our conversation when I was on my knees and I asked the Lord to come into my life and this weight fell off of me and I was delivered. I had the same experience in this healing demonstration. The caskets were behind me and the weight fell off of me. And I knew that God had healed me from all of this grief that I was experiencing in my soul because the good emotions start coming forth. Love and joy, again, and, and, and sometimes, sometimes, Eleanor, we have to have repeated, repeated experiences and encounters with the Lord. To be healed. In terms of healing, because we live in a broken, fallen world and we have these trials and tribulations and trauma. And, and, and so what it does, it it strengthens our faith yes. and our understanding with the Father. And we realize, you know what? He is walking with me through the shadow of the valley of death. He's with me. He's with me in the valley and he's with me on the mountaintop. But the thing is, Emmanuel is always with us. And I, I know, I know, because of trauma, because of hurt and pain, we don't always believe that, but he yes. goes up. And so from there, the ministry that you experience, healing care or emotional healing, came forth from my healing of my own personal grief. So that's how it happened in 2011. Oh my goodness. I, I love that. I, do that. I, I pray that women, I really pray that women literally just 
repeat that portion over and over and over and over again on repeat. I want to go back a little bit when you talked about the three words that the Lord gave you and regarding the loss that that title was not necessarily a title, but it's your ministry that he gave you. And I remember when trueness of the words, it's been a decade ago, was given to me. I cannot, I'm not kidding you. I did not know what, I didn't know what, Lord, why are you giving me this? I don't understand what the purpose of it's for, but never did I know. You couldn't have told me what was to come. You couldn't have told me all the mountaintops as you speak about and all the, the, you know, we have the valleys, we have our lows. You couldn't have told me how many of those I would have to overcome or get through even to get to a place to understand what trueness of the words, words with the S is plural, was for. And when he gave it to me, I just knew I stashed it away because, Lord, I know you're doing so. So every blue moon, I would use it for something here and there if I would do a, a Bible study. And then, I mean, within it all, my relationship with my daughter was one that was turbulent still I did not connect the pieces to see the trueness of the words would have anything to do with I didn't see any of that then I end up I'm in discipleship and uh, I had had been through discipleship before earlier on and then my spiritual mother came into play and she is amazing because I never would have went through counseling I can't say what I never would have he probably would have had them. It would have been a harder road, but he used her, meaning she was already on board what God had for her with me. So discipleship, serving in ministry, going to counseling, then the latter part was the emotional healing, which is where I came through with you. And I know all about that being able to, you have to, focus. I talked about this on a, uh, when my spiritual mother did an interview with me, you actually gave this demonstration where we have these things. We actually wrote them down on this big piece of paper that we had. And we wrote down different things that came in our mind. You gave a certain, it was an, it was a exercise. Well, when you talk about things just being, um, like how it just drew whatever it is out of you, it literally drew like Whatever was holding me bondage or captive. I don't know if you remember that day completely or not, but I found myself when I came to, I was on the floor. The Lord had literally began to do a breaking in me. And I said, it's like he blew the top off of that thing. Like this is where it doesn't mean that the counseling and the discipleship wasn't all that was awesome. But it's like he said, now I'm going to give you the cherry on top. because. All this way, you've been going through the process of getting here, getting you to trust me more. You're trusting me more. You're trusting where I'm taking you to. And then I get you here. And here I am in this emotional healing. And he took the cherry and put it on top of that whipped cream for me. And he said, daughter, here's where you're breaking free at right here. It's all those things that are on the inside of us, shame, hurt, disappointment. Not only that, 
the hurts that we've caused to others. Yeah. It's so much because it doesn't mean that just because we always want to say what, where we've been hurt, but what about where we hurt people? And God has to heal us of all of that so that we can also have the ability to go back and apologize to people. That's a part of healing as well. When we've done people wrong, let's be women and be women of integrity above all that women to love the Lord and go back and say, I am sorry because in my own brokenness, in my own hurt, in my own shame, I hurt you and I'm sorry. All of that has to do with that. So I understand clearly what you're speaking about when the Lord gave you something and you didn't know how it would be used and he brought it in the season in which it was to be used for. And then we have to step outside of our own fear to do what God has called us to because it wasn't easy for me to do any of this and then to expose openly to the world that there's brokenness with in my own relationship with my child. But even in the midst of it, I trust God. I know he will do the healing he has to do in that relationship. But until he does it, I will be about my father's business, trusting him to do it all. So I'm still in the midst of it. And that's what you were saying. You were in it. You weren't, it wasn't completely done for you and you were doing the work anyway. It just mirrored for me as you were speaking. And I, I love that. Um, you I said, a you said a mouthful. I can say a mouthful behind that. Go ahead if you want you, to go ahead. Because you said something that is such an integral piece of healing is forgiveness. Forgiveness is, is, is so important because it not only set us free, because we hurt people, it also sets people free. Mm -hmm. And it's what God tells us to do. It's a mandate. And so I think a lot of time we um, as believers. There's, there's, to me, there's two types of forgiveness, authentic and surface. Mm -hmm. and, and so the surface forgiveness is intellectually, we know what the word of God says, so let me go do it. But it's not a heart issue. It's surface, right? And so we go do it. But when we do it and come back, we know that it was not something wasn't right about that. And see, for it to be an authentic forgiveness, especially when we are hurt or wounded, right? Because think about it. When we look at the Bible, when we read the word of God, mm -hmm. and when we see forgiveness, it's always connected to sin. Always. It's not separate. Speak. And Speak. so there is sin involved because of unforgiveness. So the first thing we have to do, Eleanor, is ask God to forgive us, but we have to repent 
We have to confess our sin and be mm -hmm. open and honest and truthful and then go to our brother or our sister. You know, mm -hmm. so a lot of times that 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 forgiveness it is it, a conviction comes over us. We know that we have sinned. And so we go in and we ask God to forgive us and repent and confess that sin. And also because of the wounds, remember we got these layers that sits on our soul, all these negative emotions. And, and so there has to be a level of healing that that person experienced in their own heart and in their own soul before they can even go to that person. That's right. Because you can't forgive hurt. You can't forgive healthy. That's surface. Mm. There has to be a level of healing that takes place. I'm, I'm getting excited. Let me calm myself down. You getting excited, and I'm over here trying to keep it in over here. Okay, so I need you. To... <laughs> so let me let me just explain one other one other thing that is so important because it goes back to what you were saying about you know the afterbirth and how they said it was bigger than the baby. Yes. So so mm -hmm. see, there's 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 layers, right? Yes, there and is. And so let me let me kind of give a, a a short definition of a wound, of a wound, of a uh, a wound that's in us. We all have been wounded. You know, those wounds develop in our childhood, teenage years. You know, it, it, because that's just that's why. Isaiah say, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. Because God knows we all wounded, right? And yeah. set the captive free. Right? So an inner a wound is an inner brokenness. It's a it's a pain that is produced by an event or a series of events, right? Where yeah. or a need is not met. It's unmet. That's right. It's unmet, remember? You, you know this, or stress. Yes, so uh, uh, a person experienced unjust treatment. That's that's a wound. And so when you shared this, and this is, this is, this is kind of heavy. When you shared about those two incidents, I had the same incident mm -hmm. when I was 15. My first date was a rape date. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so... I have four brothers and I never said nothing to, no, to none of them or nobody. And it was my brother's friend. So of course, everybody thought he would be safe. He knows the family. That's my youngest brother's friend. He's going to take care of my sister. Mm -hmm. And so as I look back, he was a predator. Right. And so he violated the trust of my family and he violated me. Mm -hmm. And remember when I said when I was young, I didn't have a voice. So 
I wasn't going to say anything. Wow. Fast forward. <laughs> I'm an adult. This happened maybe about three years ago. Wow. All my brothers, we on a Zoom call. And the Lord said, tell them. I hadn't told them. You know what I mean? Years? This was years ago. Mm-hmm. Decades had passed. And so I shared it with my brothers. And I'm telling you, I could see their anger. And the brother who was friends to the individual who had raped me, you know, he came close in the Zoom, came like this, looking at me. And you know what he said to me? He said, Laverne, I am so sorry that that happened to you. And a tear came down in my face. That was additional healing that he would say to me that he was sorry that that happened. As opposed to my other brother saying, is he still alive? I get it. They protectors. Brothers for adversity. That's what the word say. But my brother spoke words of healing to me. That's why, just like when you said, give people grace. And when you hear somebody who have lost someone or violated, you say to them, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for what happened to you. That's empathy. And that's part of healing. That's a good emotion to use. That's so good. I do want to say to your brother's point, your your other brothers, they was about to be Peter out there, gangsters. Yes. Yes. Like, we're about to take off some ears. What is the problem here, yes. right? <laughs> I do love that because, and I don't mean I love what happened. I love that your transparency in that because we do need to be able to hear that because also in that forgiveness piece, I'm certain with yourself, even to be able to share that there has to be a level of forgiveness because I've forgiven, fully forgiven my um, abusers in that space. Um, and also keep it confident for the one when I was 15 because of the kinship to my loved ones. So I'm even guarded with that for the protection of them. But I literally have forgiven and gone on. So I, I just applaud you even in that being able to verbalize it all those years later, because we do risk the potential of people saying, okay, why didn't you say something sooner? Is it true? You risk that potential of that happening. But when we speak from our genuine, true authenticity and from our vulnerableness, trusting God, he, you said the key word, you literally said the key phrase itself, God gave it to you. It's okay now. And when we get that unch or that prompting of the Holy Spirit, whatever comes behind it doesn't even matter because he has already clarified. I have opened this door for you. So that is an awesome thing. Now, I want to say this real quick before because we're getting close to time. And I wrote this down because I did not want to forget it. 
I have learned that we choose if we want to use our trauma for good or destructive patterns, healing or bitterness to use as a wrath against others is ultimately a choice that we make. And that came to me as I was actually preparing for our time together and I went running to my computer. I mean, flying to my computer. I said, Lord, I don't know why you gave this to me, <laughs> but this way. So I'm going to, I'm going to type it up, but I'm going to read it again. Okay. I have learned, which I have, I have learned that we choose that we choose if we want to use our trauma for good or destructive patterns, healing or bitterness to use as a wrath against others, it all is ultimately a choice that we make. Can you speak to that? Wow, that's a that's that's a lot. It 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 is a choice. Um, just like choosing Christ is a choice. Um, mm. but because again of 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 trauma. Sometimes we're not in that space to make a choice or because of shame or because of contempt. Because you got to remember, the, the, these negative emotions turns into our identity. And, mm -hmm. and because of that, it's like a stronghold. And, and, and it's hard to, to press past that. That's why the Bible talks about, you know, if I can't do it by myself, and we know the Holy Spirit is within us, but if sometimes we're so damaged, we, we can't make those decisions, healthy decisions. And, and so two are better than one, Lord. So we need somebody to walk with us to, to help us. Three is better. That's a stronger core. That's when I'm thinking about a group. And, and, and so it's so many examples in the Bible. Uh, Moses, he needed help because he was getting weak when he was battling. So he needed his 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 family to hold up his arms. And so, you know, there's there's principles of healing and help because in the Word of God, because because of the damage that has happened to our soul. It's hard to make a decision to, to be better, to be whole, to be healthy. And so, Lord, send me somebody. I, I need help. That's in our crying out to God. Yes. God answers, you know, us in various ways. So, yeah, sometimes it's hard to make a decision. That choice. So, oh, Lord, help me. Help me. Thank you. I, I, this conversation, as I call casual or uh, candid conversations, however we want to place it, which one before, depending on, I almost sometimes hate this, their ending. Um, and this is one that I definitely wish we could go on for hours, but we can't. So it is by no means. Uh, a substitute for genuinely breaking down and understanding what emotional healing can do for us. But it is an actual entrance point, which is, again, alludes back to what I love about emotional healing that you provided. And that is it gives an opening. You're giving an opening for emotional healing and you're tapping into the Lord. And I want to say that as well. 
me going through your emotional healing or any woman that's questioning whether or not it really works, I'll give a whole, I think what I'll do is just give a whole, uh, probably 45 minutes or so conversation about that on my own, about how that has affected me and how it has helped to heal me in many, many areas where forgiveness is concerned. But it is definitely powerful. It is needed. And I love, again, that God has placed those that are followers of Jesus Christ, disciples of the Lord, and being able to provide these types of outlets, options, provisions for those that genuinely want to be healed. And I do want to say that, and I'm going to say that with a stern voice. If you really want to be healed, it's going to take your work. That person can't pull that out of you. You have to want, first of all, there has to be a piece of you somewhere in there that wants to be healed so that that person, Laverne, can help you to be able to get to the other side of whatever that looks like. But emotional healing is a powerful tool, and I am grateful to have been a student of it, learned, and being able to be healed myself. So I'm grateful, and I thank you for all that you provide for women, Laverne. I'm going to leave you with the last words. If you have anything that you want the women to know, because I'm going to provide for them what it is you do, your contact information, all of that will be in the about section. But if there's anything you feel we've missed and you want to take another five or 10 minutes to do that, I'll let you end it and we will close out after that. Okay. Uh, and I know that we can go on and on and on. I, I, I realize that. Um, a lot of times we can think of it like this. Everybody know the 12 steps. Hey, hey. They know the first step. And the first step is to admit that you're an alcoholic. Same thing for healing. Admit I am broken. Lord, I'm hurting. And I need help. God hears that. And he will get you to that space because he is a man that he does not lie mm. to get help. Now, sometimes we can't be picky and choosy when it comes in or in. Okay? So that, that's, that's, that's the one thing. Because we have believed as women so many lies from the past. You know, you never will be anything. You you didn't live in the right zip code. Mm -hmm. You didn't come from the right family. Your pedigree is not right. And so we take in these lies. And these lies become our vows. You know, like when we get married, I will forever and to death. So these mm -hmm. lies become our truth. And they are embedded in our soul. And so emotional healing helps dispel the lies, bring the lies up and dispel them. And then with those lies, as what you did, Eleanor, in, in that experiential or exercise, that start putting the truth of what God says over the lie. Because you got to speak truth to the enemy. 
You got to speak truth to the lie. Think about it. Back in uh, when Jesus in Luke chapter four, when the Holy Spirit, and, and you got to look at this in the word, it said the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. And so every time the enemy came up, what did Jesus do? Jesus fully human, fully God. He was human in that moment. He said he gave the enemy the truth of God's word. This is what the word of God said. And when he said that, the enemy backed down. Those three different times he backed away because he spoke truth. And just like the trueness of the word, the truth will set you free. Yes. And so we have to speak truth to the lies that we have believed to get us to that place of healing. Yeah. And so in that context of Luke chapter four, I want your listeners to go back and look at that. When it said Jesus, the Holy Spirit led Jesus hmm. into the wilderness. There are times that we think that the things that happen to us are so bad, but Christ is with us. Even though it was trauma, even though it was heartache, even though it was pain, Christ was with us. And then when you get to the end of that text around verse 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there, after he had went through that trial, it says, Jesus came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So there is a reason that we go through. There's a reason. And that reason is for your other sister, your other brother, your other believer. Because now God has done something within us that we can help with someone else. That's why two how can they walk together unless they agree? And so there is so much that God wants to do to deliver us, to heal us, because he say, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. That's what God does. I come to set you free. That's what God does. That was the mandate that the father gave to the son. Lord Jesus, deliver me and heal me and set me free. And so to the ladies, that's what the Lord wants. He wants to set us free. Speak yes. your truth. Be authentic so God can heal you because God will not heal a lie, but he will heal the truth. Come mm. on, God. Okay. Come yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Let me just say this and I will. I'm going to click the button so we can end. I'm going to say this. Thank you again. Oh, I appreciate you so much. My hope and prayer is that you will come back and visit us where we can go deeper into it on the second half of it in the future. And I want to say the trauma that we think is so hard in that trauma and these lows that we're in, that's where God teaches us the most yeah. in those dark places. And I'm always reminded when he says in his word, weeping men endure for a night, yeah. but joy comes yeah. in the morning light. Amen.
my truth. I'm honored that God has placed this before me and I'm looking forward to all that he alone will do by way of healing for so many women, including myself.